Hello, and welcome to the Robinson ISD Treasure Tuesday podcast, where you will be hearing from our Treasure Tuesday session presenters as they dive deeper into the session content that they have shared during Treasure Tuesday. You will also hear from different guests on a variety of educational topics and instructional tools and resources that help to enhance the classroom learning environment. Be sure to subscribe to the channel in your favorite podcast player so you won't miss an episode and check out all the links and resources that will be provided for you in the show notes below. All right, let's sit back and enjoy the show. Hey guys, so I want to welcome you to this week's Treasure Tuesday podcast. We actually had a different kind of a podcast set up now for you uh, for this episode because we were just involved in like ice storm here in Texas. And so, but we had the opportunity to actually chat with Matt Miller, the author of uh, Tech Like a Pirate and also Dish Deck Textbook. And so we had, you know, we had a little author conversation with him. And so I recorded that, and you'll get to hear a little bit about the things that he wants to share uh, and our conversation about his book and the, also other things that he has going on as well. So thank you all very much for listening, and I hope you enjoy the show. Hey, guys, how's it going? We want to welcome you all to our first ever author chat that we're doing with uh, Matt Miller from our Tech Like a Pirate. We're really excited to have him here. Um, like you saw in the beginning, you can go in there and put in your questions and information or that you have for him and things that you are wanting to ask throughout this session. So thank you, Matt, very much for joining us. Uh, normally we do, like I said, our Treasure Tuesdays where we're with our teachers and we're talking about different things that they're learning and, and also the different types of tech that we're working with them, but also really good instructional practices. So uh, we're, we're glad to have you out here today. Hey, I'm looking forward to it. All right. So guys, so go ahead and hear it. Uh, like I said, he is the author of Tech Like a Pirate, and there you go, yep, there it is. And so uh, we've had the privilege here uh, through our summer author book series, uh, and some of the things that, you know, when you, I know that you know you've done Dish That Textbook, uh, Dish That Textbook, and then of course the Summit that we've all participated in several times. Uh, so let's talk a little bit about, you know, the inspiration behind the Tech Like a Pirate book. Like what, what kind of drew you into, what, what made you feel that teachers needed this? in 2013 and uh i remember seeing this one line well first of all with uh, teach like a pirate um just so you get a feel for the brand of teacher nerd that i am i asked for a copy of teach like a pirate for my birthday if that gives you any idea of what kind of a teacher nerd i am i'm that guy who will ask for teacher books for my birthday i'm wondering in the comments i'm gonna be watching in the comments if anybody else is like that and um, so I get this book and I read it and there's this one line that just keeps kind of like echoing in my ears. And that one line is, don't just teach a lesson, create an experience. This is what I read out of Teach Like a Pirate. And I'm like, oh, that is exactly what I want to do, you know? And so in my own classroom, I'm brainstorming all of these ways that I can create an experience. And it seems like almost all of them had to do with technology. Oh, we could do this one cool thing with the Chromebook. Oh, there's this one app. Oh, we could totally do that. We got a couple of iPads. We could mm -hmm. totally do this. And like, I get all excited about it. And I, I don't realize it at the time, but as I'm brainstorming those ideas, 
through the next seven years or so, I was basically writing this book. And um, it all sort of centers on the idea that we can make learning memorable. You know, there's this question that I wrestled with when I was teaching that said, all right, you know, I, I was I was trying to wonder, like, um, how do we expect kids to remember when class is forgettable? And so my mission was to try to make class as not forgettable, as unforgettable as possible. And so that that's kind of like the it, it just came right out of my own classroom, like wanting to provide that kind of class for uh, students. And so I thought, man, if I can write a book that gives teachers practical ideas on how to do that, that's what I'm all about. And that's where the book came from. You know, and it's funny that, that you say that, given those practical ideas, teachers are always, always looking to grow. And especially during this COVID time, sometimes it feels like uh, there isn't like a ton of opportunity, you know, with all the conferences being gone and all things like that, mm-hmm. you just can't go and, and learn uh, like, like mm-hmm. we're used to. So I think that that's really good um, that you're doing those things, putting books out like this so teachers can go back and reference it at all different times of the year, no matter what is going on, no matter if they're stuck in their house right now uh, with ice and, and no power and stuff like that, they can still kind of, you know, have that opportunity to, to learn and grow. So I, I do want to ask you yes, this question here. So at the beginning of your book, you know, you mentioned some powerful things uh, like, you know, weaving tech, you know, to increase student engagement. I, mean, I know we're talking about those memorable moments and, you know, the failures, you know, or, you know, they come out with that sometimes. And you really describe failure like a scientist. So can you tell us a little bit about that analogy? Like where, where'd that come from? Yes. Yeah, absolutely. That's one of my favorites. So um, this one's actually in the keynote speech that I do um, whenever, you know, I'm actually, I get to go face to face. I actually do it virtually sometimes too, but um, this is like a little bit that I do in my, in my keynote speech about um, how, you know, whenever we try something, Mm -hmm. um, if we try something new, you know, there's a little bit of that whole risk taking thing. Like we're not exactly sure how it's going to go. And even if it doesn't go well at first, Sometimes our, our, our gut instinct is to go like, well, that didn't go well. I'm not doing that again. I'm done. You know, I'm not, I'm like, it's like throw up your hands and you're, I'm out. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. But the way I figure it is that, um, if we teach a little more like a scientist, we might not see it that Mm -hmm. way because if you think about a good scientist, what a good scientist will do is they'll make a hypothesis and then they'll test it out and then they'll look at the results. And if the results are positive, things are good. They've got something they can rely on that they can use going forward, right? right. That's just the way right. that we are as mm-hmm. teachers. But if things are not so good, it's not a failure if we learn something from it. It's just data. Oh, I like that. You know, what does a scientist do if they do an, a, an experiment mm-hmm. and it doesn't go over well? Well, they look at the data and they try it again and they figure it out. You know, like this isn't a one shot thing where we have to get it right on that very first try. We just use it as data and we continue to improve. And when we live our teacher lives like scientists like that, Mm -hmm. gathering data and just trying to level up every time, nothing's really a failure. It's just more data on how to do it better next time. I like that. That that generates and and hits home a lot for things, especially for teachers, especially for uh, instructional coaches that are out there who are supporting those, those teachers who are wanting to do more in their classroom. But as you see, as you said, seeing it as when I go to try something, I'm, I'm a little more afraid to try something because it didn't work out that first time. But we're constantly telling right. our students, oh, we'll go try again. 
did you look at this? Did you yeah. go ask this teacher this? Did you, or that, did you go ask you know a, a second person before you came to me or something like that? So I, I, I never thought about that. Scientists uh, looking at that data as scientists. So uh, like I said, one of our um, our members here that are on. She is a really big data person. She's turned me into a data person. I'm not really a data person. I, I, I'm getting better at that. But that data does help drive mm-hmm. that instruction, helps drive the next uh, conversation and also the next move into what it is that we're doing. And so I, I like that. So let me ask you another yeah. one here. So you share different hooks that you like to use, like apps and videos and different games and stuff like that. So what do you like the best? Or do you think, you know, is the easiest place for someone to start? And, you know, with using all these, and here at Robinson, we have a ton of different uh, resources, as I like to say. We, we provide all kinds right. of uh, uh, tools for our teachers. So what, what would you say would be the best place to start as a teacher who is looking into really making those memorable moments? yeah. Yeah, that looks like that's that question that just came out of the chat, right? Uh-huh, is that uh-huh. is that, that what is, we're going yeah. from? <laughs> All right, so we're gonna give a shout out here to Mr. Hughes for asking a good question. So, um, where's a good place to start? Like an e- the easiest place. So I'm gonna start a little bit general, and then I promise I'll get a little more specific on it for you. Um, I'm a big fan of starting with something that makes you go. I can do that. So if you're looking at lots of options of different things that you can use to get started, like, I don't know, if you get this like yellow and black book <laughs> and you start flipping through the pages of it and you're like, oh my goodness, there's so many ideas in this thing. I don't even know where to start. Like, and you start to feel overwhelmed. There's a definition of overwhelm that I really like mm-hmm. that has helped me out in this. And that says that Overwhelm is not the problem of having too many ideas. It's not knowing where to start. And so if you can put your finger on where to start, that's huge. And so in this case, for someone is that's looking for the easiest place to start, I would I would say start small. Start with something that makes you go, that I can do. I can do that. And so if you have an app that you're already comfortable with, you know, let's find different uses for that. Mm -hmm. You know, for me personally, I'd rather take one tool or one type of activity and find multiple different ways to use it. Mm -hmm. You know, like 50 different ways to use Google Slides. I'm a big fan of Google Slides. Yes, you are. So (laughs) yeah, as you can tell, I mean, just just get a couple pages Uh, into this thing and you'll know. (laughs) I'd rather find 50 ways to use that because... Students are familiar with the user interface. Yep. They don't have to relearn something new every time, you know? Sure. I'd rather do that than try to find 50 different apps that all do one thing. I'd rather go broad on that. Mm-hmm. So um, those are some of the places I would say, um, I'd say as far as like the hooks and the stuff in the book and everything, like, you know, just go with what suits your, care, sort of suits your personality what suits your strengths. And I know that's a little bit of a general answer, but I think it's really important. So that's my, that's my best answer to that one. Well, no, so. I mean, I, I get what you're saying. Cause you know, when we talk to teachers yeah. sometimes, you, you know, working with them and asking them, you know, what would be, you know, what, what would make your class flow better? What is, what's some, what's something that if you had the choice, you have the option, you know, that one thing and what would it be, you know, your, so that makes sense. Mm-hmm. I, I get what you're saying. Not, you know, we don't hire robots. We don't hire, you know, teachers to imitate teachers. We want you to bring in your, right. 
who you are. So mm-hmm. I like that what you're saying, what makes you comfortable? And then that's where you would start out at. So that's pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. You know, what you just said there reminded me of something. I had a, um, there's a college class mm-hmm. of a whole bunch of education students and they were asking me questions and I was just answering them today. And one of them was, do you think technology will replace teachers? Hmm. I hear that every mm-hmm. once in a while, you know, and I think all of us have probably wondered in some way, shape or form, like, do I have job security? Like, is this, is this going to work? And my answer to them was that I firmly believe that technology can free us up to do the things that we were put on this planet to do as educators, yeah, yeah. you know, to build those relationships to figure out where students are, what their strengths and weaknesses are, and what's the key that's going to unlock that learning. And like, you know, a YouTube video can't do that. Um, So, you know, I think, I think that kind of plays right into it. You know, we, we, we use our strengths and we, you know, we, we build that experience for kids. Mm -hmm. You're right. So I'm going to jump on over here to the, to the chat here. I know I've been asking questions. I know there's some I like uh, like Michelle Rodell. Apparently, she you have saved her life. Okay, let's. Oh man, let's, nice. <laughs> so that is awesome. There you go. So, yeah. So uh, with our uh, with you know as you know with remote things that are going on in the world right now, uh, one of the things that they have to do is create those or remote videos for our students and for our teach or for our kids. And mm. I think that uh, mm-hmm. from what like what Michelle is saying, uh, being able to create those different types of environments for uh, our students, uh, yeah. utilizing, you know, what's in that yellow book, you know, that, that all those yellow books that you have and your videos and stuff, uh, <laughs> has really came in handy because like you said, the things that uh-huh. are only familiar for our teachers are familiar for our students as well. And that's Google slides. And I, I like that a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. See yes, sir. What's, what's another one here? Then, uh, let's see. Oh, how about this? While you think about your next question, mm-hmm. could I throw like two helpful resources oh, yeah, out there that I could give everybody? Yeah. All right. Awesome. So I got two things I'm going to show you. Um, one of them, I'm actually going to share my screen and um, I'm going to kind of like do a real super fast demo on that. Okay. But the other, the other one I wanted to tell you about is this. Let me actually drop that in the chat real quick. If you're watching and if you want to go check out what I'm talking about, this is the um, website that goes along with the um, with the book. And what, what I wanted to do with this website, in case you didn't realize that it's out there, what I wanted to do with this website was to provide just as many free practical ideas as I did in the book. Okay. Like the book's full of all of this many ideas. I wanted to put that many ideas on the website for free. And so um, if you check it out... Uh, which by the way, if you read the book and any of it resonates with you, like any of the chapters or anything, let me try, I'm going to try making this work again, get a little flicker thing going on. But if, if you get a, um, if you get any of those chapters in the book and you're like, oh man, yeah, that is like my jam. That's what I want to do. Then, um, come on over to this website and you'll see that all of the different sections of the book all have sections on the website. Uh-huh. So if you were like, oh man, the video stuff, that's really cool. Mm-hmm. I've got a whole bunch of video creation ideas. I've got some blog posts related to video. I've got some tools that you can use. Like there's a ton of really good stuff on this website. So um, like the storytelling one. If you're, yeah. 
Yes, sir. Yeah, yeah, exactly. In fact, um, you saw the storytelling one. There's mm -hmm. kind of a funny story about the storytelling one. This was supposed to be a chapter in the book. Storytelling was supposed to be like the eighth way to tech like a pirate. Um, my editors got back to me and they're like, uh, yeah, so Matt, um, this book is really long. We got to cut something. <laughs> I don't think it's that long. <laughs> and they <laughs> cut this. Uh, yeah, I didn't think so either, but um, they cut this chapter out. It was a chapter about storytelling and how that's kind of like the glue that holds all mm -hmm, of them together. Mm -hmm. So I thought, hey, why in the world would I just leave this out and not let anybody have it? So if you come to the storytelling section of this website, right here, this first post right here is that whole cutout chapter. Oh, okay. I just that's put it in a blog know. post so you can go read. Yeah, you can read, like it says up here, it says read the lost chapter from Tech Like a Pirate. It's right here. Mm -hmm. So um, so anyway, I wanted to share that that's out there and it's got a whole bunch of practical ideas that you can use. Since you mentioned remote learning, I didn't know if anybody has checked this out, but this is a free online course that I created called uh, Remote Learning 101. Mm -hmm. um, if you're looking for some ideas of how you can serve your students and how you can make it work and everything, um, I'm going to put the link to this in the, in the chat too, if you want to get signed up for it. It's a free course. There's like 14 different video modules in it. A whole bunch of them have um, like PDF workbooks that go with them. Um, there have been tens of thousands of people that have taken this course. And so they've all left comments on what works for them. So you get the, you know, the benefit of everybody else's ideas too. So um, anyway, I know everybody likes, everybody likes something that's free, you know, <laughs> that's helpful. So I thought I'd just drop those two things in there while, while you were thinking about what you wanted to ask. That's next. some pretty good stuff. I like that. Like that. Nice. Let me look here. All right. So I do have another question here that's popped up. And so mm -hmm. James Hughes, so I'm give, giving some credit, you know, on this question here real quick. Mm -hmm. So he talked about, you know, low tech and high tech. Okay. And so share some of the things that, you know, you think you're connecting with others outside of class, a school or community. I mean, what, so talk a little bit about that. Yeah. Oh man. I feel like James just kind of like lobbed me an easy one right down the middle that I can knock out of the park. Cause this is one of my favorite things to talk about. So, um, I'll give you a real brief story that kind of highlights this. Um, when I was teaching high school Spanish, I got my Spanish three students here in teeny tiny little rural Indiana connected with a class of students of their same age all the way over in Valencia, Spain. And we did video calls together, just like Skype calls. It was, oh, James is looking out for me. Hey, I appreciate you. <laughs> so um, anyway, we did these video calls with this class in Spain, and it was so cool. Um, you know, my students rarely left our little rural Indiana County. I bet some of you all can probably, mm -hmm. you know, sympathize with that. Your students oh, yeah. that have like rarely left the county let alone the state of Texas or for me, the state of Indiana, and definitely let alone another country. And so for us here in Indiana and in our little rural area, um, it's not a whole lot of diversity. There's not a whole lot. I mean, everybody is, you know, kind of knows everybody else and it's easy to stay in your safe little bubble, mm -hmm, you know, mm -hmm. um, these video calls with this class in Spain kind of gave my students a different view of the world. And they started to see that these kids in Spain who looked a little different, spoke a different language, 
were all still very much the same. They were all people. They were all human beings. They laughed at the same jokes. They wore the same kinds of shoes. You know, they, it was like, they, they had so much in common and it was this aha moment for these kids who spent their whole lives in rural West central Indiana. It was like, Oh my goodness, there are kids in another country that are pretty much just like, it's kind of like that my Angelou quote, you mm-hmm. know, we are more alike than we are unalike. Mm-hmm. My kids got to learn that. And that's something that never, never, never would have worked through a lecture. I couldn't have lectured to them yeah. about that and had them realize that they had, they got to experience it. And so that James is why connecting outside of your class, your school, your community, I think is so powerful is because it, it gives your students a quick glimpse into another part of the world that they might not get to see. And that is the good stuff. If you ask me, that is, those, those are some of my favorite memories from the classroom is helping my kids expand their worldview. So totally love that. I'm glad that you asked about it. Absolutely. Absolutely. I love that, that you were able to show them that this stuff can be used um, in other places other than, you know, just in that textbook. So I think that's pretty, I I think that's pretty good. And there's a reason for it. Uh, and we, we try to put, you know, try to provide those experience with our kids, hopefully, you know, in all our different content areas, not just, you know, our CTE classes, but, you know, every last one of them, math, English, science, you know, you can do that. What what are some of the, while we're so on that topic, what are some of the uh, apps mm-hmm. or different ways that teachers can uh, connect with those people outside of their classroom? Oh, man. So my favorite resource for this um, just recently got shut down. Oh, what's one? Because you see... Um, Skype used to have this great website. Mm-hmm. You could just type in Skype in the classroom.com. Yes. And it was a great place to find like thousands of other educators that wanted to connect with classes like yours. You could find virtual field trips. You could find uh, guest speakers for your class. And they recently shut it down. I think Microsoft is moving away from the Skype brand. And so they just closed off that rich, rich resource. And I was so disappointed. Really? But yeah, yeah. However, since Skype is part of the Microsoft platform and Flipgrid is owned by Microsoft, mm-hmm. what's cool about Flipgrid is that Flipgrid has GridPal. Okay, yes. Yes. Uh-huh. Yeah. So what's neat about GridPals that um, it's all of these teachers from all over the world and they put their contact information onto this map. And so you're able to either search by their contact information or the grades they teach or the subject they teach or something. Um, and then um, you can go get in. In fact, I'll show it on mm-hmm. my screen real quick. You can go get in touch with these folks. So if you wanted to do a video call or a Flipgrid topic together with a class in South Dakota, you just come over here and click on this little green dot and it shows that there's somebody named Sharif who teaches in the college level, teaches biological sciences. And then if you click on this, it's going to give you uh, Sharif's contact information so that you can reach out and set something up. Or if you want someplace else, there's Angie Sandoval who teaches middle school and there's her YouTube channel. And then you can like click and get contact information to reach out to her. That's how Grid Pals works. So if you ever want to get your class connected with another class, like if you wanted to have a partner class in another state or another country Mm -hmm. or something Mm -hmm. like that, or another city in Texas, 
this is a great place to go to to find it. This is probably one of the best resources out there, I think. Yeah, and so GridPath, it, it's been out for a while, even before Microsoft, but they yes. but that map used to not be that green. I do I do remember that. Yes. And so that that's pretty mm-hmm. huge. And like you said, it's free. It's one of those free resources that are out there for yes. students or sorry for teachers. Uh, and I think it's it's super simple, super easy. I know one of the we used to use uh, what was it Google Plus? You remember that one? Uh, oh yes, able to, I do. The mystery mm-hmm. um, hangout stuff when they shut what, Google Plus down too. So yeah. I like this. I like this. I'm, I'm, thank you for sharing that with our, especially our teachers here online. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure uh, we use yeah. uh, Flipgrid a lot, but uh, seeing yeah. that other aspect of it is really good. So yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, uh-huh. Real quick, there's there's one other thing that um, folks might think about is that a lot of national parks, historic sites, museums, stuff like that, a lot of them have uh, free virtual field trips, and oh. those could be done on live okay. video calls. Yeah. So if there is a place where it'd be cool if you could take your students, but it's just like too far away, mm-hmm. you might reach out to them and see if they have, or just you know cruise their website see if they have any virtual field trip options. And that's where someone will get on a live video call with you and will walk you around the museum and show you some of the cool things. They'll take questions. Um, there's a whole bunch of them out there. There used to be on that Skype in the Classroom website, there used to be a really good sort of like um, directory of places that you could get, but it doesn't exist anymore. Huh. I'm I'm on kind of a personal mission to recreate that directory myself okay. and put it up on my website. Oh, so. That's good to hear. Keep keep that yep. mission going because we want to know more about it. Um, oh, I see a question uh, from Heather, who I see from Colette uh, said is a high school Spanish mm-hmm. teacher, fellow high school Spanish teacher. And she asks, is Grid Pals worldwide? And the answer to that is yes. In fact, you can start to see, um, you know, some of those green dots. It would be, yeah, so it's still, it's still sort of pulling dots in here. So that, that kind of shows you right there. The answer to your question is yes. That's a ton. Man, that's... That's huge. Yes. Absolutely. All right. Well, it. Oh, oh. oh yeah. What's up? Sorry. No, no, you're good. Uh, there's just that one more co- comment. Colette said, our teachers have access to, I don't know how you all pronounce that. I've heard it as like Nepri or Nepris. There you go, or... Nepris. There you go. Nepris. Okay. Yeah. I like, I think that was like the French pronunciation coming out of N- me. Nepris. Right? That's not like the, a car or something. <laughs> it kind of does. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. Um, and I mentioned that in my book. Yes, you're right. That one's another, and then another good one is, oh, I can't remember the name of it off the top of my head. I'm going to, I'm going to see if it comes to mind and if it doesn't, by the time we're done, then maybe I'll just email y'all and I'll let you know. Yeah, yeah, we'll (laughs) let them know. So I I do have one more question for you before we, before we wrap it up here. So Mm -hmm. at the end of your book. You have some great affirmations that you like to uh, share. You put out yeah. there. So, which one do you hear the most that is a roadblock to implementing the ideas you mention in your book? Ah, the roadblocks. That's like this section, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So, real quick, if you haven't seen this part, here are the big roadblocks. Because basically, what I did in this section was I identified a roadblock and then I wrote you a little letter. <laughs> if you feel that way. So there's folks that deal with doubt, with overwhelm. We just talked about overwhelm. Uh-huh. Um, creativity, like I'm not one of those creative types. There's techiness. I'm just not a techie person. There's momentum, like I was going well for a while, but now I've 
and I'm kind of like lost my stride. There's resistance, like people are pushing back against you. Those are some of the, the big ones in there. And, you know, honestly, I think I hear a lot of, you know what? I'm just not one of those techie people. Mm -hmm. Sometimes people use it as a noun. They say, I'm not a techie. I'm not one of those techies. You know, that's just not me. Mm -hmm. um, but the truth is, is that you don't have to be on the cutting, bleeding edge of new technology to get some good out of it. Really, all you've got to do is find something that elevates the teaching and learning for you and your students just a little bit. And if you do that, then that's a win. Yep. So even if you don't feel like you know all of the tools and all of the features and all of the cool things that all the cool kids are doing, well, guess what? Neither do I. There's a ton of apps and websites and stuff that people talk about. And I'm like, I've heard Wait, of that. Matt Miller doesn't know that. But I have no idea what it what? does. But but you're but you're Matt Miller. True. I love that you just put that True. out there. Like like because you're you're up there. I mean you're 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 like up here when it comes to they're using tech in the classroom. Wait, you mean to tell me Matt Miller mm -hmm. doesn't know? Okay, there we go, people. Come on now. That's exactly so what I'm okay. telling you. Yeah. I don't know all of the things, but again, it goes back to what we were saying earlier. If we can get more use out of fewer tools, mm -hmm. we don't have to come up with the new shiny gadget every single time, that. you know? Yes. So, um, yeah, yeah, totally. Looks like we've got one more quick comment. Is that yeah, okay? Oh yeah, absolutely. How do you recommend we promote your book? It's full of ideas that are low tech and high tech. And the main focus I felt like, uh, was making learning memorable and sticky. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, I, I think um, what's, what's kind of nice about this book, I think, is that it's got all of these sections. You know, you look in the table of contents mm -hmm. and we've got, you know, basically from here to here are different practical ideas. And so the chapters are kind of self-contained, which means if somebody's interested in trying something new with video, they just open it up to chapter three. If they're looking to do something with images, then they open it up to chapter six. So I might even say if uh, folks have the book, you know, they might just look in that table of contents and go, what's one little thing I can pick out and use in class tomorrow? Like that could totally work that. And, you know, given the to my website, cause there's this many ideas on the website too. So I'd say both of those things would work. Well, I, I do like that you have it in like say in both and as you know, some of, my, some of my people I work with, they like to use the word old school, which it's not old school. It's okay. It's still, yeah. be able, you know, it's, it's I tangible. Books, you know, you can go in there, highlight mm -hmm. and, and, and things like that. Yes. And then also the website and everything. And like you said, the book itself has a ton of, uh, it's not like a normal read. It is a, you know, you go in there and I love that you can pick out different lessons and different activities and different stuff. So he gives you, like you said, those actual things you can use tomorrow in your classroom. I think that's, yes, that's what you used to say all the time too. Things you can use the next day. So I think that's really awesome. Yes. So I've said that, I think hundreds and yes, hundreds and hundreds yes. of times before. Uh, yes. That's like my jam. That's what I love to do. Jam. I need to get me in my jam. I like that. <laughs> that's pretty yeah. yeah. Well, Matt, yeah. I want to thank you very much for sharing and, and being with us this afternoon. Uh, like I said, mm -hmm. it's, it's been a crazy week so far for all of our teachers I and heard, families yeah. here at Robson ISD and for you to be able to take the time out and just chat with us and, and, you know, just 
give us a little more insight to help, you know, inspire us. Cause, cause even after this is all over and when, you know, all the ice is melted and snow's melted, we're going to be back at it in school and in the classroom and working with our students each and every day. So guys, thank y'all very much. Like I said, we'll be doing this book study this summer as well, but if you need a copy soon, let us know and we'll get that to you. And uh, so tech like a pirate with Matt Miller. Awesome. Thanks Thank so you. much. Take Thank care. you for listening to today's Treasure Tuesday podcast. And make sure that you check out the show notes below for any information that was shared during today's podcast. And also make sure to subscribe to this channel so that way you are able to catch all the upcoming episodes in the Robson ISD Treasure Tuesday podcast.